Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Take it easy on the slurping. <laughs> Just take it easy. Welcome back. I'm Brian. I'm Inessa. And I'm not slurping anything. But I am slurping tea. Okay. Like other famous... Famous tea drinkers? Famous <laughs> podcasters that famously... Name three famous podcasters. I'll even give you one. Mark Marin. Give me two more. Okay. Two more famous podcasters. Uh, Dan Harmon. Okay. And... Um, that woman who did cereal. The woman who did cereal. Don't tell okay. me Dan Harmon never slurped a drink on his show. He slurred. <laughs> Maybe he was. Uh, uh, Dan Harmon uh, likes a drink every now and again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not tea. Drinks uh, drinks absolute vodka and ice out of a red solo cup. <laughs> uh, he's a millionaire, but um, I don't know that that's necessarily a direct result of, of the his life choices <laughs> yeah similar to thor he drinks not tea <laughs> right okay um nobody's listening so we don't need to say that you're listening can... to the x-men files we are you not, are <laughs> we are not famous podcasters no, let's dive right into the what you seem disappointed you seem sad about that i'm not sad oh okay. say cool. that means i could drink my tea as loud as i want or it means that i should be more careful about drinking my tea to make sure that we become famous like in Bull Durham, where uh, Crash tells tells Nick, like, your shower shoes have fungus. <laughs> you need to clean up your shower shoes. When you, what is it? You, when you can pitch whatever in the show, you can have fungus in your shoes, and the press will think you're colorful. <laughs> Till then, it means you're a slob. <laughs> it's a great movie. Uh, let's dive into the recap. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm doing the recap. You're doing so the recap. I need to. I, I need to. I okay, need to here's get my, Brian with the recap. Yeah, I need to get my reading voice. Uh, here. I can <laughs> extemporize, but uh, reading takes it's a completely. Different. It's a completely different skill set. Yes. All right. Issue one fifty seven. The cover announces the arrival of Dark Phoenix and either redundant phrasing or an interesting spin on evangelical Christianity. Our space adventure continues. She's reborn again. Yeah. We begin with the X-Men and the Starjammers making repairs to their ship. Colossus continues his Nature Boy bullshit and notices that there are a lot of stars in the galaxy. Wolverine reminds him that the Earth is in imminent danger of destruction, so they'd better make with the spacecraft fixing. Would that it were so simple. (laughs) Wolverine also had a little dig at him being Russian in that scene. He's like, he's like, you're the first, the first, you know, one of the first people, certainly the first Russian. (laughs) to see at that kind of time, an 80s uh yeah well yeah i mean uh we'll come back to that yeah, yeah, we'll come back sorry, to that. carry on <laughs> because that's everybody is tuning out because the recap has been interrupted i'm sorry <laughs> no, no, no 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 i meant the opposite <laughs> of that you can interrupt as much as you like carry on okay would that it were so simple an explosion sends wolverine away from the ship and colossus begins to pass out from blood loss Mamzelle Hepzibah saves Wolverine, Cyclops saves Hepzibah, and Chad helps carry Colossus into the infirmary. Sentient metallic dragonfly Sikorsky chastises Colossus by invoking the hoary trope of wounded heroes refusing to get the rest they need. See also last night's episodes of Agent Carter. Carter. Exactly. 
While Colossus convalesces, Lelandra brings the X-Men up to speed on her communications with Chancellor Araki, or lack of same. Yep. Admiral Lord Samidar, redundant titles... The, the titles are confusing. ...is going to obliterate the Earth, having just obliterated the Chancellor. <laughs> Professor X finally uses his powers for good and reaches out to Kitty and Nightcrawler. We also establish that he can only do this while in space, thus circumventing Magneto's anti-psychic magnetic field and also preventing any nerds from pulling in, um, actually... <laughs> As all that happens, the professor encounters something odd inside his own brain, which freaks him out and leaves him in a crippled vegetative state. Back on the Brood's ship, they're slapping Deathbird around a bit before she draws, oh, let's say an energy javelin. Aside, firstborn wing leader of the Dawn Flight is just the sort of thing that I would love to have carved on my tombstone. I will make a note of that. Thank you. You're assuming that I'm going to die first. <laughs> Just for our wills. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, we both know that we're, we're, we're going to die together in, some, in, in a plane crash, probably. Oh, God. No, I don't want to die in a plane crash. A car crash? No. Uh, boat capsizing? Murder, murder suicide? No. Murder suicide? <laughs> that's the worst way to go. Murder suicide? I mean, unless somebody murders us and then kills themselves. Oh, but um... I don't want to be murdered by anyone other than you. Okay. Uh, thanks. <laughs> no, no problem. <laughs> This um, really took a turn. Yeah, okay, carry on. <laughs> so anyway, so setting aside talk about my tombstone, uh, they make nice as Deathbird explains to the brood what a mutant is and how they'd make good breeders. Yeah, that, that whole thing was gross. Hmm, I wonder if this has anything to do with that weird thing that happened to the professor. On Samadar's ship... Oh, that didn't even occur to me. On Samadar... More on that later. Okay. On Samadar's ship, Kitty is playing with costumes, this time with something that looks like the bastard love child of Evil Knievel and the village people. <laughs> she pauses long enough for her and Nightcrawler to hatch a plan. This involves her standing outside the ship and having a Colossus-style musing about seeing the Earth, though with a dose of colonial racism. Headhunters? Really? Wait, I missed that. We'll come back to that. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought she was dressed like a Confederate flag. That's what her outfit looked like to me. <laughs> you, you, you got it. The blue in there is, yeah, is what. It'll, okay. Um, I, I almost said uh, the, the first crack at that joke was uh, something so ridiculous, even Tommy Laren wouldn't uh, wouldn't approve of it. But um, fuck her, and I don't want her to get. I mean, even when nobody's listening, I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea that she's some kind of patriot. She hates America. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. And we hate her. Okay. And we don't like her. Okay. Nightcrawler punches the shit out of some guards, and I think it's about time that we acknowledged his prowess with the fisticuffs. Mm -hmm. Nightcrawler? Night brawler is more <laughs> like it. Uh, they discover the dead body of the Chancellor, gaping chest wound, still smoking. Kitty pretends to be Phoenix long enough to freak out the bridge, which allows Nightcrawler to teleport Oracle. After a brief scuffle, she scans their minds and learns that Lalandra is okay, a message which she passes on to the rest of the Imperial Guard. Right. A few of the Guard convene to talk battle plans. Kitty is now dressed as Robin Hood. The Imperial Guard splits into distinct factions and start fighting each other. Kitty leaves the fray to scramble the ship's computers, but not the ones responsible for life support or artificial gravity. <laughs> Um, Admiral the Lord zaps all the combatants with an energy beam which produces exquisite, unendurable <laughs> agony. <laughs> yeah, ew. He prepares to fire weapons at the Earth. Laser guns are fired at the speed of light, which is not quite fast enough. <laughs> the Starjammers intercept the blast and the Earth is saved. Whew! 
Yeah. Cyclops notes sarcastically that uh, at least we saved the Earth. <laughs> That's something. <laughs> something, Cyclops, but we still have the problem of the professor whose brain is completely, irrevocably destroyed. <laughs> I've had weekends like that. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be just fine after an omelet and juice or something. <laughs> okay. All right. And, and away we go. So I like this issue. You like this issue? Yeah. Okay, cool. I thought the ending was a little lame, but sort of a last minute uh, showing up of the of right. the thing. But, you know, other than that, I liked it. I liked the pacing of it. I liked okay. sort of the way that they do the different stories. I liked that there wasn't one long, tedious fight okay, uh, cool. throughout the whole thing. So, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, and I'm again delighted to hear you say that because this is one of the ones that um, I, I keep referring to like, like some dry spell and I'm, I'm going to knock it off. Um, this one was one that, that I felt was kind of just okay. It yeah. was uh, serviceable. So I'm delighted to hear you say that you like it because, uh, that, that, uh, what, that, that makes it easier for me to like? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Um, maybe it does because, um, I want to like the same things that you that do I like. so that you'll like me more. Because <laughs> I'm so good at liking important things. You are good at liking important yeah. things. Okay. Uh, what else? Oh, we wanted to what, what, we wanted to come back to like two things. Yeah, I had written down uh, the first the first Russian to see space. Yeah, so at this time, this is what it is eighty two. Eighty two May of eighty two. And I uh, let me do the math on this. Eighty one, I think, was when the space shuttle launched. First space shuttle. It was mm. either eighty or eighty one. That I do. Pi- not know. One of who was one of the pilots of uh, the first space shuttle mission? Hint: He's my favorite astronaut. And I do have a favorite astronaut. I don't, who is your... I don't know. You don't know who my favorite astronaut I don't is? Know. <gasps> I know. Wow. This... I know who your favorite knitter is. Bartleby Crenshaw. The, <laughs> the knitter from... The knitter from uh, 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 Glen Ellen. Uh, <laughs> right? It's like some some, some outer suburb uh, knitter. I do not have a favorite knitter. <laughs> okay. Oh. Well, maybe Knitting that's my somewhat... favorite... That name that I just made up on this bottom minute somewhat. ago. <laughs> <laughs> Less important to the course of uh, current political events than uh, you know astronautery. Um, so um, I mean, maybe not more important to the course of human sure, history sure. because you know shelter. But uh, my favorite astronaut was John Young. I've never known that. Uh, fair enough. I mean, it's yeah. not like I, I talk about it a lot. <laughs> I've got a lot of favorites that maybe not. <laughs> it wasn't like shit, um, right, John Young? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I do have a lot of obscure superlatives uh, rattling around in my brain. But John Young, um, he was one of the pilots on the first shuttle mission. He also was in the Gemini and Apollo programs. Huh. Um, oh gosh, he uh, is he still with us? No, he's not. Uh, he died not that long ago, a couple of years ago. He lived a bunch of places, uh, but uh, Orlando kind of claims him. Hmm. Um, I, don't, I think some formative, year, formative years he spent there. Um, this is a leap, and I can't, I, I can't assume that you will hang on my every word and like file <laughs> everything away in yeah. case it becomes, uh, you know, these extraneous details become important later. Uh, nearly two years ago, when we went to Disney World. Yeah. There is one stretch of like some interstate highway called like the John Young huh. uh, Highway or something like that. And when I saw it, I got real excited. And for probably about 15 seconds, while the other members of my family were uh, understandably <laughs> reading busy, a book, busy knitting, yeah. minding their own goddamn business. <laughs> 
John Young, wow, he's my favorite astronaut. And then uh, I totally remember that. You don't. You don't. You don't. And and um, you you don't need to. But the uh, the space race as such, I do remember it. it that with all the fall also Reaganism, <laughs> mm-hmm. the space race, also with Reaganism and a rekindling of uh, bad batteries or rekindling of the Cold War. Um, that yeah, mm-hmm. I, as a kid, I remember the space race, like, oh man, the space race, we're ahead now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it was like a weird kind of early 60s era thought at a time when I think the world had moved on. Huh, interesting. We had discovered new and better ways to To, to, deliver nuclear weapons. To dislike the Russians. Yeah, it's just... Well, not to dislike the Russians. The the impetus for the space race was largely to do with nuclear war. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, there was loads of science behind that, but um, the, the, the presumption was, okay, well, they can launch satellites, meaning that they've got unfettered espionage, but also they can deliver nuclear weapons this way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, by by the eighties, that was largely gone, and everybody had satellites. Right, right. So at that point, it is well. I guess we're just being scientific now. <laughs> yeah. The the actual line is that so Peter's like a. Never seen so many stars. It is a glorious sight. Right. And then he says, uh, enjoy it, Bob. You're probably one of the first people, certainly the first Russian, to see the Milky Way from this angle. <laughs> As if, like, people hang out around Pluto uh, just beneath the plane of the elliptic uh, right. all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that is a weird one where Wolverine is, like, leaving open space for loads of, or any non-Russian <laughs> to be there. Certainly the first Russian, because... Uh, Russians yeah. were the first to do a lot of yeah, spacey yeah, we had, stuff. We had a guy from Guatemala last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you start off saying we, I thought you were about to uh, like invoke the Soviet Union. And oh, it was no. like, no, I, I, don't, was, I didn't think so. I was invoking the yeah, you know, you, space. You, the you were, you know, for a few years of, like, of your life. Um, Soviet. A, well, I was I was going to qualify it. Like, I think you were literally a second-class citizen. I was literally a second-class uh, citizen. Right. In the Soviet so, Union. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we, we, which does not give you any sort of fondness or loyalty to, no, no. to the Soviet no. space program. No. I mean, you know, the space program. Uh, uh, yeah, the I idea love space. of space. Yeah. Um, you know, mostly after my time with you, honestly, like before we were. Uh, before I was married to you, I, I mean, I thought the space program, I'm sure, was cool. But now, like, every time we go to the Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., and I watch that movie about the thing, I cry. Oh, hell, yeah. that thing's so good. <laughs> man, oh, man, that's good. That's good. I can't wait. Uh, we're uh, maybe about two years. I think we're probably, like, two years away from watching the right stuff mm. with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we could probably get away with it. Now, it's mostly language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, language is... Well, like... Lang- they're like adult sexual references that are, are, are they would probably get, and they're they're a little frightened. Right, it's tricky because the the girl is now old enough to actually. It's like it's almost there's like a window where you can't you can yeah, watch the stuff yeah, because yeah. the stuff goes totally over their heads, right. and now she's kind of at an age where she's starting to get some of those uh, sexual references. So it's almost like you have to scale yeah. back what you can watch. In, in two years, though, I think that. She's at an yeah, age where you... be out of the rabbit will be out of the hat, cat will be out of the bag. Uh, that cat's virtually out of the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, point. as it should um, be. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, but in two years, you, you can kind of have that conversation. Actually, in two years, she'll be probably over it. The the sexual references and the right stuff, because like ninety eight percent of that movie is the space program. Right. But it appropriately 
addresses the fact that, yeah, these guys were astronauts and they were put under a lot of pressure. They were public figures and they were tempted mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to cheat on their wives. Sure. Uh, and, and they, they address it in like a couple of scenes in some pretty frank language. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure if I've ever seen it. Oh, it's, it's my favorite Philip Kaufman movie. <laughs> Wait, Philip <laughs> Kaufman? Yeah, Philip Kaufman. I, 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 I was thinking Charlie, uh, Charlie Kaufman for a minute, but, uh, yeah, Philip Kaufman, the uh, director, he did that, uh, Henry and June, uh, Unbearable Lightness of Being, uh, okay. Anyway, Philip Kaufman, great director. When I when I want to hear Brian make that noise, I also remind him that I have never seen. <laughs> I've forgotten what the noise is, so you're gonna have to legitimately. Uh, I have uh, never seen um, Amadeus. I, there is no noise appropriate. For, for that. <laughs> uh, that is just such a such a good movie. Uh, oh, holy and also Young Frankenstein. I don't think I've ever seen Young Frankenstein. I, I like Young Frankenstein. Yeah. I, I don't. It's um, one that you kind of quote a lot somehow. Do I? I don't think so. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe, I, I, maybe I do. Yeah, yeah it, it's funny. Young Frankenstein's weird. We had a um, we had like a stack of like maybe twenty videotapes mm-hmm. and had recorded some stuff off of cable. Yeah, high and, quality, high quality cable recordings. Well, yeah. Well, so you know, video. And by the way, um, to to, the, to anyone who's listening to this, according to Spotify or whatever, wherever we get the demographics, most of our listenership. Most of our listenership is me. Seventy-five percent of our <laughs> listeners are named Brian, uh, but for the, the the rest of them are in a male between the ages of forty and fifty-five demographic. So they all know just that, like Brian, ex- exactly. Yeah, they're, they're they're they are either actually me, <laughs> or may as well or, be. Exactly. So, so I don't need to explain what a videotape was, but I don't need to go into the detail about videotapes. So you know, that there are three different speeds on the yeah, tape yeah. so the tape could have either two hours four hours or six hours, or six hours. Yeah, 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 i remember that and yeah. so my mom mm. uh a woman who was let's say efficient and careful with how she spent her money thrifty yeah uh well like, you know, her mama didn't raise no dummies <laughs> you telling me i can fit three times as much stuff on the same tape <laughs> <laughs> this this is pretty obvious, but one of those was like Young Frankenstein. I can't remember what else is on that, mm-hmm. but um, it, it would have been like Young Frankenstein and Chariots of Fire and Time Bandits <laughs> or something like that. Like those three on the one on the one yeah tape. on the one tape. Uh, and so whatever the first one is, like that's the one that you watch right. a bunch, <laughs> right? Because it's not like you can just dial up track two. You have to actually it, well and fast our, forward through it. Our yeah. VCR, you could not fast forward while it was playing, right? You had to stop, which means that you then get whatever is on like WTBS uh, three in the afternoon on yeah. a Saturday, uh, and then fast forward. <laughs> like we might be there, right? And then stop. And then you had to like like do this uh, you know bisection algorithm <laughs> <laughs> to <laughs> zero in on the start of the uh, yeah of Clash of the Titans or whatever it is that we attempt. Um, well, that was a fun detour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what the hell were we talking about? Uh, we're Russians. talking about the right stuff and uh, the, right stuff. the space program. Yes. Uh, so what else had I written down here? I wrote, why didn't Cyclops just beam, um, just nudge what's his name back? Why did Lady, 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 whatever. Mademoiselle Hepzibah. Yeah. Why didn't she, why did she have to go get him and then Cyclops? No, that just seems silly, but whatever. It's not really a... 
you know, again, I, when right. I, as I read these, I take notes from the beginning, and sometimes the things that I write down turn into something, and other yeah, times they're they just like yeah. a random observation so, that I probably didn't even need to have said out loud. No, actually, I'm glad that you did. Um, that points to like maybe one of my, uh, I don't want to say a gripe, but like, like maybe one of the little dings that I'll that I'll have about this issue is there's a little bit of filler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was yeah. one. Yeah. Um, interesting about the comic book format is you have basically the same page count every issue. Right. Uh, much like network television, mm-hmm. you've got a 30-minute slot and you get 22 minutes, uh, 20 minutes, I think, these days. And, and you've got a little bit of latitude on a, on a TV show, but but on a comic book, because it's it's a quantum, you've got like this That's number of pages. pages, right. Number of pages. Um, the the comic book Cerebus uh, by Dave Sim, which is one of my favorites, uh, but nobody's listening. Uh, Dave Sim, notorious misogynist. Mm-hmm. Not like fun. Not like in an old school Trumpy kind of way. I mean, in a way, it's <laughs> almost admirable because there's a there's a good deal of scholarship and intellect, but behind huh. his misogyny. Okay. Um, more not more on that later. <laughs> no more on that later. <laughs> but uh, so his his um, creation was this thing called Cerebus. Um, mm-hmm. I think I just said that. Um, but he it, at some point said the whole thing is one long story w- with some episodic uh, character, so right. some sort of like novellas in in, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it'll be three hundred issues. Mm-hmm. And I re- a couple I remember once there was a letter writer like like man how hard is it like to just like and stick the landing on 300 issues. He said, honestly, the hardest thing is doing 20 pages right, every time. Every time. Like, right. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Great, because you end up with having to put filler in. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, I don't actually understand how they can do that in a month when I really look at that. Because I assume that not every, that every person that worked on this also worked on other oh, yeah. titles, right? Yeah. So it's like a lot of fucking work <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> to cut, like come up with the plot. Think of the pictures, draw the pictures, color the pictures, do the lettering. I mean, (laughs) whatever. I I know, I I know exactly. (laughs) Whatever the process is, it just feels like a lot of work. I mean, putting together a a sitcom, you know, once a week also seems really, really hard. Right, and they get breaks. They get a little. uh, Well, uh, weekly is is kind of a thing, but um, Claremont is writing this, and he's also writing other stuff. I don't think the New Mutants have started yet. Mm -hmm. We, I know that they. And haven't, but they're right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably writing some stuff in Marvel Fanfare or Marvel Team Up. I could look it up. But mm-hmm. John Byrne at one point was writing and drawing Fantastic Four and Alpha Flight. Like Every month. That's crazy. How do you do that? It's Without insane. Without a computer. It's I mean, it's not like you've got yeah. your guys and you can and sort of move good. them around. You know, uh, you're actually I mean, he was drawing it on doing... a fucking piece of paper, right? Like, right, yeah. right. And he was doing really good work. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing. Um, Byrne is a very different kind of writer mm-hmm. uh, than Claremont is. Not not negatively, but he, he, I, I really like a lot of what, what he wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and, although it's weird. I, 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 I'm trying to think if I've read anything that John Byrne wrote, but somebody else drew. Maybe I didn't. Uh, but anyway, when hmm. he's drawing his own stuff, it, it, it's, it's really amazing stuff. Hmm. Um, I'd also written down was Sikorsky so Yoda-like before. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned was that. that. Did we talk about that last oh, yeah, week? Yeah, I can't yeah. remember if I didn't. I might not have taken that. I, mean, I might not have grasped the uh, the Yoda. We talked about that. We talked about um, 
the, the way that people the way that oh, people talk, talk yeah they have yeah. this kind of stylized uh, yeah i certainly noticed that with mamsel uh mamsel hepzibah yeah i just yeah. want to say mamsel hezbollah but that's not <laughs> that's not right it's not, <laughs> it's not careful there yeah it's not good no it is not good so the um the ship which i thought that they were going to kind of go more into that saying so on which ship we've got three ships to the, keep track the, of the, the, sh- the brood's ship yes um I thought that was going to kind of turn into a thing, and it didn't. But that was like a there was an, a Doctor Who episode that was similar to that storyline, where the ship yeah. was like a, a sentient being that had okay. been kind of taken over and uh, used for you know these sort of evil. Do you remember that episode of Doctor Who? I don't remember that. Um, it was this like the space came whale first. Yeah. <laughs> um, so minor spoiler. Yes, that is going to pay off. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in about twelve issues, mm-hmm. which is uh, one of the hallmarks of the way that Claremont structures the series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Stanley did this too. Uh, Stanley is almost almost like like a three sixty on Stanley because he starts off he he does this really amazing work at Marvel, um, and then he. <sighs> I'm trying to think. Like, he, he was obscure um, outside of nerddom. Then suddenly he's mainstream. But his mainstream fame, I think, is largely... I'm taking a very long time to make a silly point uh, about <laughs> Stanley. Mm-hmm. Um, let me make the... Just, what Claremont does <laughs> is... Marshal your thoughts. Yeah, oh, exactly. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make, trying to make like, two comments at the same time, yeah. and, I, and I, I got a little bit lost in my own uh, internal logic. Um, Claremont will, will will put things in that will pay off years later. Right. He wasn't the first person to do this. He did it very, very well. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to name somebody who did it better. You might say Stan Lee, although actually I think that's unfair. Um, Lee would... Uh, he, he would definitely think about three or four issues ahead. ahead right. Um, but the, the point I was going to make about Stan Lee is... It, and this is a good thing. Um, so he was sort of obscure outside nerddom. Then he has mainstream fame thanks to the MCU. But I wonder if because at, at the time when he it, it got such uh, mainstream notoriety, mm-hmm. but he's a nonagenarian who appears for ten seconds to do a laugh, <laughs> like like that that he's almost like, like gosh, why is he? You know, how did he get? To, right? How did he become? He yeah. got he got there because. He was very good yeah. at plotting comic books <laughs> and coming up with characters and coming up with motivations. And he was writing several titles <laughs> at the same time per month uh, and developing these these very rich characters, but also saying, um, I got to sell an issue this month and next, next month. month right? And if I want to carry on working, I need to be doing this one year from now, yeah. two years yeah, from yeah, now. Yeah, it's a long time. Uh, and... and I framed it as a kind of a commercial thing, but like every writer works for a living. They don't sure. work for integrity. Right, right, right. Um, but, but he was he was quite good at that. Uh, long story short, <laughs> too late. Too, too late. <laughs> that uh, the brood ship, that'll pay off in about a year. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I, I thought that that bit was, it felt really sad. And, and that, you know, the, the Doctor Who episode was also really sad it was like this whole it was one of the the david Tennant ones it was kind of an earlier one and it was like this whole city and they were on the back yeah it's coming back to whale but they had kind of uh, he was with the uh the second companion because i think they were in a hospital or something may have been the second companion yeah 
whose name escapes me. Martha. Yep. Jones. Martha. Um, it was a really sad like concept, and so I'm. I mean, you know, I'm sure that two different people can think yeah. of the same idea, but I'd be curious yeah. to know if you know who wrote that and whether they, whether you know whether that is like a constant. I don't know. Sure, sure. Whether that came from somewhere, but it was sad, and it was sad in this issue as well. Uh, it is not going to make a tonal shift into levity. <laughs> I figured not. Yeah. Right. So, Continue yeah. to be sad for yeah. that creature. Yeah. What else you got? I've got, okay. I mean, I've got a couple of other things as well. But, um, um, see, Dr. As usual, I do like 80% of the talking, and it's because I'm a terrible person. No, you're not. When, they, when, when Deathbird is talking to the, uh, when they're like slapping her around, I think, as you said a little bit, at one point they say, the brood backs winner is Deathbird. <laughs> Made me think of coffee being for closers. <laughs> it's like the, the tenor of the line had the same like sort of feeling. Like, yeah. We back winners. <laughs> You're a good father. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that movie was also really, really sad. Oh. The, the, the movie's an absolute yeah. bummer. Yeah. yeah. Huge bummer. Yeah. Um, Brief aside about that, that movie, because among the things that we enjoy talking about in this podcast is... Uh, 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 the patriarchy and, and how neither one of us is a fan. I think it's absolutely possible for somebody to watch that. Watch, I, mean, I, I guarantee you. I mean, we're chuckling about Alec Baldwin, you know, like yeah. put the coffee down. <laughs> there are people who don't get what a schmuck he is. That there are people who are like, yeah, that's how you do it. That's, how, <laughs> that's what you got to do to get through to people. It's not about, uh, you know, being at home for your son's little league game. Yeah. Like there are people who won't get that. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that, I mean, that is not even subtle. That, <laughs> no, no, that I mean that's right yeah, there. He's not, I mean, he's, he's, he's not he's, intended to be, uh, you know, a sympathetic character. Well, exactly. Hey, you want to be sympathetic? You just good loser, and the, the, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> yes. Hey, Deathbird, coffee is for closers. Yeah, coffee is for closers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Want to live here on the ship with all these weird, fucking horrifying insects? You gotta, you gotta produce some results. <laughs> yeah, these are the Glengarry leads. <laughs> they go to closers. Uh, all, right. all right. What else did I write down? Uh, yeah, Kitty leaves the ship. Stands. I didn't catch the uh, the the, she... the racism bit, but I did. I did think that she just stood there. You know, again, for someone who's holding their breath, she's she's standing there and pondering shit for like a really long time. I, I'm gonna give her the. Well, I, I'm come back to the colonial colonial bullshit, but um, if I'm standing outside of a spaceship. And I'm holding my breath. I'm gonna like take a big big breath. When's the next time I'm gonna be standing? <laughs> I guess. But you weren't just standing the there. She just she had to she had to do mother stuff. Mother spaceship. <laughs> okay, I mean, like I, I'm sure to to the John Youngs of this world. That's old hat. Like, yeah, yeah, Borneo. Look, we're we're traveling at like 600 miles an hour, more than 600 miles an hour. I don't know how fast they, they go, but pretty fast. Um, yeah, the view is so beautiful. That's New Guinea, and it, my first thought was. Hey, she knows her geography. I mean, uh, honestly, I could find New Guinea on a map, but if I'm looking yeah. at it um, from outer space, I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, I'd... New Guinea. Headhunters below, starships above. Oh, I, I didn't headhunters. catch that. <laughs> she doesn't mean recruiters. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. You're right. You're right. Jakarta, I'm sure, in 1982 had a booming service economy. <laughs> 
with people who were recruiting white collar workers. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten all about that. I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch that. Hey, is that is that? Can we not? I'm going to sound like some Trumpian asshole, but can we not say headhunters anymore? Is that racist all of a sudden? Okay. All right. You know, maybe it is. Here she is in her thing. Yeah. Da 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 da. Beautiful headhunters below, starships above. How's yeah. that for an absolute contrast? Huh. Yeah. No, I didn't catch that. Yeah. That's yeah. Funny. Um. Wait, New Guinea. I, I was. I said Jakarta a minute ago. That's Indonesia. Uh, yeah. Never mind. Anyway. Hey, Brian, name a city in New Guinea. I can't. I can't. Someone doesn't know their, their New Guinea geography. Their South Pacific geography, yeah. wherever the yeah. fuck New Guinea is. Well, I know more than that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I share the border with them. Indonesia. Um, Chad. Um, two lines in here that where, where I thought that Clamor was almost like, you know, if I got, I got, um, on page eight, Lalandra, contact has been broken and now the Imperial subspace ruins are being jammed. I cannot reach any ship in the task force. Chad, it's about his only line in this in- whole thing. Sounds grim. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it's not, it's not looking good. Yep. No es bueno. <laughs> and then, um. I, I do want to read Cyclops' line. I, I, I um, I think I bollocked it, and when I was doing the other thing, uh, at least we saved the Earth. That's something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something. Yeah. <laughs> we only, in a second, shot from yeah. Pluto, right? Which is where we started out. And it was Cors- <laughs> it was Corsair who said something before that. It was like, 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 when are you going to notice me, Dad? <laughs> Doesn't that count for, for something? <laughs> I'm sorry I never went to college. I didn't go sorry, to the family business no or whatever. No good baseball, yeah. Right, right. I didn't like violin, <laughs> but I saved the earth. Okay. All right, so I had two more things that I wrote down. Great. On, on page 20, Yeah. Uh, Kitty says somewhere, she says, eat your heart out, Doug Henning. What does that mean? Who is that? Spot the 80s. I meant to look it up and I forgot. I got 33 minutes in. Um, Doug Henning is a, ma- a magician. Oh, the... The guy with the... Uh, what, what, like the, sort of the white Jerry Curl <laughs> haircut. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you okay. describe that hair? Like, like, he's got the Richard Simmons kind of kind of haircut? Yeah, I mean, just curly, I think would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, a I, curly, I, I, curly mullet? Forgive me. No, not a mullet. I mean, that's... No, I have um, to look it up. I mean, you, and, and forgive me, but that's... It's, it's not, not something you typically associate with Caucasian hair. <laughs> not see. saying never. Doug Henning. I can do this from my closet. He's Canadian. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just a mullet. I don't know, but show me. You got a picture? Show me the picture. We might have different interpretations about what we mean by mullet. I mean, okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> it's not that curly. There's no Jerry curl, and you it's know a what? You're right. You're right. What am I? What am I thinking of? Maybe like, there's some other thing with him. Classic got that, hockey hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that just ridiculous '70s mustache. Um, yeah. Okay. So she was talking about no, her. Right. Now okay. I see huh. him, and the name means something to me. It was like on the tip of my brain yeah 
So she just meant in terms of uh, appearing and disappearing. Exactly. Places. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Doug Henning, who didn't... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I was about to say, like, he he's no David Copperfield, but... Um, does oh, Dave Copperfield uh, even have that that kind of resonance? He's yeah. been dead a long time. Really? How long? He died in two thousand. Wow. Yep. Young. Twenty. Uh, young. Really? Yeah. Fifty-three. Okay. What did he die from? <laughs> what did Doug Henning die from? <laughs> yeah. This is this is actually. I want to. I want to. I want to scratch those edge let's, here. Let's, let's find let's out. It's probably pull something. Pull up in this scab. Horribly tragic. Uh, career. Let's see other television appearances. Political political up. career. Okay. Uh, 1992, huh. Henning was a natural law party candidate in the United Kingdom's general election. The UK. Holy cow. All contesting. Right. Da, 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 qualified as a candidate under British electoral law. Okay. Uh, I don't think that ever went anywhere for him. Death and legacy. Yeah, liver liver cancer. Liver cancer? Liver cancer. Yeah. Hmm. Is he a heavy drinker, Mr. Henning? Mm, I don't know. It doesn't say. He was British. <laughs> so there's that. Okay. Yeah, 52. That's really sad. Oh, that is sad. Okay, that's a bummer. Um, yep. Who else died young? Who else died young? Right. Sorry, I'm reading yeah, yeah, about yeah. his uh, alternate diet that he. Yeah. He had an alternate. Well, diet? I don't know. I don't want to take the time to read it, but yeah. something about berries didn't work out too well for yeah, him. No, well, apparently. I think, okay. Yeah. Right. Sort of a... You can read all you want as long as you as long as you are facing towards the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> I'll just I'll just keep talking. That's um, okay. <clears throat> Doug Henning. All right, Doug so, Henning. All right. Other notes about other notes about this issue. The other thing that I wrote down is like the uh, <clears throat> at one point the we got about another ten minutes to kill here, so Ooh, if we want to hit a forty-five is, minute episode. This is... is that a ten-minute point that you got there? Maybe. Okay. Um. So <laughs> I've, I've got I've got some filler if we need it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they need to know. <laughs> no. This is this is this is. You know, David Letterman always used to do this. Yeah. Like every episode. What? It'd be like, um, whoa. What, what do you would say? Need it, a little would, more material. <laughs> yes. Yes, he would. Um, he was, I want to say, famous. He, he would always, uh, during his bits, have long pauses and do like little bits of micro shtick. Um, but he would always say at one point, before they bring up the first guy, like, all right, how are we doing on time? <laughs> Seriously, like watch the episode from yeah. like the mid '80s, mid late '80s, and probably even when he switched over to CBS. I mean, mm-hmm. they might have told him like to knock it off. Like you're a pro- <laughs> for God's sake, you're a professional, <laughs> professional man. <laughs> but he, he would always do that, and um, the, the, all the, the like the little business between him and Paul Schaefer. Like, hey, Paul, give me some music. And I was like, yeah, okay, David. and um, Paul Schaefer, he was Canadian. Yeah, that was just to like make up time. He just, yeah, exactly, because. He didn't know like how much time he had. He could fill the he could fill the air <laughs> with mm-hmm. funny shit. And also, much like this podcast, <laughs> you you would broadcast at like starting at twelve thirty uh, Eastern time. Mm-hmm. So nobody's watching. Right. I, mean, I would set my VCR to tape to David tape Letterman, David Letterman. Because, because I'm a giant nerd. But um, yeah, he knew that like there's not much of an audience. Right. The people who are physically there are all tourists who are thrilled to be watching a live taping right, of the right. show and to see a celebrity. Uh, so, which was one of the reasons why his show was awesome because there were zero stakes. <laughs> it was very very low stakes. Yeah. yeah, he could just do whatever he wanted. Yeah. So now we have eight minutes. <laughs> so at the at the yeah. very end, uh, someone is has has maybe one of the like Praetorian guard people has uh has told has called uh the Lord 
high admiral, yeah. uh, Samadar or whatever, <laughs> a, a traitor. And he says, uh, one regime's traitor is often another's hero. I thought that was some, you mm. know, mm. philosophical, uh, philosophical musings from, he, uh, I mean, from Samadar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. So if somebody other than Homer had written, uh, the Iliad, <laughs> <laughs> if the, uh, they weren't Turks at that time, but um, whoever was living in in Troy mm-hmm. uh, before the Turks got there, uh, y- yeah, then Ulysses is the villain, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting. Although one. traitor, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk this back. Uh, traitor is different, uh, at least in this context. Mm-hmm. Um, Traitor is is someone who is who is disloyal, mm-hmm. uh, and I think in this context, someone who is duplicitous, uh, deceitful to achieve their their aims. Um, traitor could be some. Stop that! <laughs> I was resting. Ow! Ow! <laughs> See. <laughs> I can do all sorts of uh, I can do all sorts of clever things. Yeah, don't 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 touch me there. All right, <laughs> yeah, don't touch me there, please. Um, uh, I'm I'm trying to come up with a good a good counter example. Um, uh, th- th- there is a circumstance where where yes, uh, well here I'll give you an example. Um, I mean, good heavens, like. Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or I think of the athletes in Mexico City who who, who held their hands up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that w- was a disloyalty that was or a perceived disloyalty mm-hmm. uh, that is in service of, of a kind of a higher loyalty. Yeah, I mean, to me, traitor always means more like in a war situation. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and I'm trying to think of anything where, where that has been one where history will look on it favorably. Uh, if I if I sit down here silently for ten minutes, I'll come up with one. Yeah. But but off the top of my head, uh, Ulysses was as good as I got. But now he wasn't playing both sides. He was just that's actually that's not even traitor traitor treason traitorousness. Traitor. I mean, I mean, if you think Treachery. of like the, but like if you think of the, the that was just sneaky. That was cunning. Yeah. The 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 founders of the United States wouldn't they have been traitors to the British? Right. The British yeah, crown, yeah. but then are now obviously seen as here. I mean, it's you know, yeah, it's a, it, it, sort of Victor. That's a good way. Victor spoils type situation. Right. Right. The, in terms of history, or Victor writes the history. What's that fucking thing that people? The, uh, the history is written by the uh, the victors. There you go. Yes. Uh, or as the AB or the Onion had it once, history of rock and roll written by the losers. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, actually. <laughs> All right. What were your What were your uh, points? My points? Yeah. You had you know you had notes. No, no. I said I had fill. Oh, you had fill. Okay. Not Should necessarily do to do with this issue. What's that? A song. <laughs> I think I, I think everyone would like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to yes and that. Uh, well, do, do, do you want to do the lo- the low or the high? Oh, no, I don't want to do a song. I take no. it all back. I thought you were going to say yeah. no. <laughs> why did you, Why on earth? What about my behavior or character has ever suggested to you uh, that you wouldn't it, want to do a duet with me in our closet? Where we talked about like that time that I almost wore a, gr- a gorilla suit on this podcast no <laughs> Have we talked about it in our lives i'm i don't think so okay so uh, the place where uh, 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 a place where i used to work 
um, they had a couple of uh, desks open for like this local nonprofit to use. And it was like two people worked at this thing. Um, I chatted with one of the, uh, the guys who worked there because like he was a programmer and he did some cool stuff. So we, um, anyway, so I'm chatting with him at one point and he says, Hey, uh, let me ask you something really weird favor. Just, just hear me out here. And he's like, he's like so, so we've got this gorilla suit and like, <laughs> I'm already like, you got like, like, <laughs> can I wear more. it? Yeah. <laughs> and they were they were recording some like PSA or they're doing some uh, some thing where they were going to be like interviewed by a, a t- you know local TV station yeah. or something like that. And he's like, you know, we need somebody to wear the gorilla suit. And I'm like, are you? Do you mean to tell me that you <laughs> are in possession of a gorilla suit? <laughs> And I am at this moment not wearing it. <laughs> um, number one candidate for <laughs> people I mean, you're asking cow. to do this. Like, 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 can I, can, can I drive with the suit on in my car? Like just to freak people out. Um, yeah. And, and like, I think they found somebody to wear the suit. I was so bummed about it. I would absolutely wear a gorilla suit. Speaking of uh, driving in your car. In a gorilla suit. There used to be someone that parked their car at the place that I worked, the place that I worked before this place. Yeah. They had one of those like horse's head things in the, uh, like a, like a mannequin with a horse yeah. head in the, in the passenger seat. And right. uh, it really, really freaked <laughs> me out the yeah. first time I saw it. it. Just really like it caught me out of the corner of my eye and I turned my head and there it was. It just was oh, really distressing. Funniest thing that I've seen while in a car. One of the absolute <laughs> funniest things I've seen in my life. Buddy of mine and I, uh, high school, we're driving to the library or something like that. We're in the interstate. And there's, there's a VW Microbus, okay. I think. VW Microbus. It was a, anyway. And it's being driven by a dude in, like, clown makeup. Full clown <laughs> kit. No, no, no. no. This, yeah. okay. On his way to... I assume <laughs> children's birthday party. Children's birthday smoking. <laughs> the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and he just looked so like, like eh. another day at the office. <laughs> Should have stayed in business school. <laughs> I just seeing him at sixty miles an hour smoking. <laughs> A, you know, Marlboro and just evaluating his life choices. <laughs> oh, now I feel sad for laughing at him. No, no, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that he landed on his feet. Right? He was sober enough to drive the car. He he probably had some sort of steady work. Yeah. But it was just <sighs> smoking away. All right, we're going to have to end there. We're, we're not going to do any better than that. No, no, we can't. We can't. Okay, uh, smoke him if you got him. <laughs> Thanks for listening. (laughs) Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the X-Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa.